What's going on, Print Hustlers? Welcome to another Print Hustler podcast. Really excited to be able to have you guys. I'm Bruce from Printava, your host. We've got our co-host, Stephen Farrag, out of Champaign, Illinois, from Campus Inc. And we've got our special, special guest today, Ryan Moore, CEO, founder of Ryanet, all mask, all made, <laughs> rock out, I don't know, I, the list goes on. I don't have a full list. But thanks so much for joining us, Ryan. All right, Ryan, we've uh, we've been watching you through Instagram the last couple of weeks. Talk to us about what you what you've been up to um, from the day you decided to hop on a plane and, and start working on masks. Talk, talk to us about that. Well, I think it was March 6th. I was on a run and I could see like hearing things, what's going to happen with COVID. I'm like, oh, man, we're going to have to pivot. We're like, we're going to have what the heck could screen printers print? And keep the presses running. Don't stop the presses. There's this hashtag we've been using, don't stop the presses. And then I was like, mass, mass. And so I told uh, three people. I told my wife. I told Ashley, who runs Allmade, Ashley Medsker. And then I told Roger, one of our shareholders, uh, another founder of Allmade. And they're all like, you're crazy. No mass. They have to be approved. You can't make them out of cloth. You know, there'd be so much liabilities. And I'm like, well... I pinged one of our designers. I was like, you should start working on something in the background. But I, we didn't do anything. About two weeks later, I was talking to one of my connections in the industry, and they were like, we just got off the phone with the White House, and they want to order 500 million masks. I'm like, huh? I'm like, okay, so this is like two or this is like two or three weeks before the mass insanity hit. I was like, well, if the White House is going to order 500 million masks, then we should be figuring this thing out. I pinged my buddy Dove down at Los Angeles Apparel and I seen what he was doing. He was just starting up. He designed a much different mask, started making it out of our fabric, uh, which is a really great fabric always. And so we got the first week, I think our first order was like 5,000 masks and like we sold out of them like a day. And so we tried to, we got another order and then the orders just like stopped coming in so I, I like I gotta go fly down there and see what's going on, and it's it was like a war zone. I mean, you walk in there and it was just like people flying. So I guarantee, probably we've had almost ten thousand masks literally just stolen off the floor. There's people wow. running all over the place, or like they're like we lost two thousand of your masks. And I'm like yeah, yeah, and then you see some guy down the street like ah, I'm gonna sell. sell oh, I was just like, grabbing boxes. Oh my oh, god. Oh yeah, because the. Those factories, like they're so many, so much freight going in and out. It's you just walk in with a brown suit and pick up a box and just, you know, leave. Like, it's not like probably not hard. It was a madhouse. It's the last time I went down there was way, and I haven't gone for two weeks, but way chiller. But the first time, I think it all hit like first week of April. It just went nuts. So, like, Ryan, you were, like, basically on the floor with them doing all of that. Like, what kind of pivots did they all start making? Was it, like, we're going to figure out how to cut so differently? Was it, like, a big transition for them? Like, you're the closest to it, so. Well, people are so, like, and you've experienced this, like, the math of the retina masks, like, the mask haters. Like, they get so mad. Like, I had one guy yesterday just, like, can't believe you're selling this for that much money and, like, so I like just breaking down the economics of a mask, like, and this is probably one of the harder masks to make, but even like this, you know, this one, which is a little bit easier, like the government style mask, it's actually a lot harder to make than a t-shirt. It uses way less fabric, 
way less fabric. I mean, 25 cents of fabric versus $3 of fabric on our t-shirt, you know. You have to sew this binding in, you gotta put a metal piece in or elastic, sew the elastic in, get two to three tiny little pieces together, cut it, you know, sew it down here, crimp it down here, um, get it all in with, it's a lot of small hand movement. So a line of like a t-shirt line of like 18 to 20 people will typically crank out between four or 5,000 t-shirts a day. A mass line of 10 people doing this style of mass might be, might do a thousand, you know? Mm. And so that's like 25%. It's not about 25, it's, it's, it's less than 50% the productivity. Like the first day they start selling, it might be 200. I mean, it's, it's literally getting these factories started up. I'm like, where's the mass? Like we cut stuff like two weeks ago. They're like, Oh, we're still figuring this thing out. Like it takes a while to, to get the sewers used to doing that. And then there's just a lot of bad stuff going on. I mean, there's, Tons of articles that I've read that are like, this guy was making, you know, two dollars to sew a T-shirt. Now he's making twenty-five cents to sew a mask because they think it's easier. And he's at the end of the day, he's taking home, you know, half the amount of money. And there's like a lot of illegal uh, workers going on in LA. It's because just it's it's not regulated that much. So one of our factories, the cops were going in, and we had to give them a special license to actually open because the cops were going around and finding all these factories that were not authorized to be open and or paying people illegally. Wow. Holy cow. How do you, so what about the supplies? I mean, is there an easy abundance of elastic or, or is everybody trying to, to tackle all the same producers here? Make the hardest mask, right? Like, yeah, I mean, this is not a simple, you know, like, cut. Like this is quality to On the market, two months ago, you could buy elastic for about a, a one and a half cents a yard. Now, if you wait a month, you might get it for three cents a yard. Uh, and I wasn't doing the math right one time, so I was like, "Let's order a million yards, get our supply chain built up." And then, like this ch Chinese company, like, "You will wire us thirty-five thousand dollars." I was like, "What? <laughs> what? That's a lot of." I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess that's three cents a yard." I'm like, "Dang it. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Not ordering a million yards. <laughs> How about we order like..." 100,000. Now it is, if you're buying mat, if you can find the elastic domestically or that can get it here, you're probably paying 19 to 30 cents a yard. Wow. So it's 10x. The reason why it's so hard to get stuff from China right now is because the airlines, one of our larger customers is chartering 747s from China. And that's how they're getting stuff in. It's one and a half million dollars a flight. Um, wow. But and that's that how they're bringing in supplies from them to get it in quicker because the boats are so slow? Oh, no. Boats aren't going. It's cheaper than waiting a week to maybe get booked on either an airline or air cargo and paying more. The fastest we've been able to get stuff out of China, like right now, air cargo has been a week. Wow. Holy cow. And you're paying in like four times to five times what you were going to pay like two months ago or, or last year. So you were slinging a lot before, but clearly they were just all being bought up. I mean, what, what were the demand numbers looking like that you sold maybe two, three weeks ago compared to today? I don't know. Like it's changing every day. I'm actually, uh, I mean, two or three weeks ago, we could have literally sold a million masks at any price. Like there was just not enough available. I think what, what I've kind of dissected is like, so as I told you, the government got a a heads up on this whole thing, you know, and they ordered 500 million masks. Now, domestically, we sell about 2 billion shirts a year, 2 billion. And the big players do 
majority of that, and they sew the majority of that's sewn in Central America. So majority of factories are doing not a lot in the U.S., like under 10% in the U.S. of that two billion, so 200,000 shirts in the U.S. We call it. And you have Gildan and Haynes and Bell Camas that are most of their production is not in the U.S. So two billion shirts. So the government says 500 million masks, and they flood the, every every possible actual sewing company in the United States is working for the government as of March. Now, there's a big announcement, Sanmar, Haynes, you know, there was a big press release about it, Parkdale Mills, Los Angeles Apparel, all these guys were contracted with the government, Bayside. So they, the government's got them locked up in this contract. Then, then, then the CDC announces that everyone should wear a mask, and then everyone goes crazy. The capacity of 200 million shirts is trying to sew 500 million masks, which is actually twice as hard as sewing a shirt. And then now every other American wants a mask privately as well. And every business wants it now. The market was just like, and literally everyone just, like a bomb went off. And like nothing happened for a week. Like, Bella Canvas was like, we're going to launch the mask and they didn't ship anything. You know, it's like, it was it was crazy. Like, it was just, you know, it was, because it was so, the demand was so heavy at one time, but all this capacity was already taken by the government. The awesome thing is like, and I wish I would have done this a lot sooner is like we took turned our bluer denim jeans factories into mass making factories. And we should have done that. I should have done that first versus relying on the T-shirt. Uh, OK, because, because the T-shirt factory is the one that was already working for the government and the government. That's why we couldn't get any capacity because they were they had a contract to ship for the government. They could get us a few hundred masks out a day, but we literally needed 20 to 50,000 a day like we're getting now because the government contracts over. I think the demand's still there. It's definitely not as hot as like literally a month ago. It was it was insane, but I think it's still there. It's like if you look at that early adopter curve, you have your first like innovators. That was like beginning a month and a half ago. And then you have your early adopters, your late adopters. I think we're still in the late adopters, early majority. And then we have the majority and then we have the late majority and then we have the laggards. So I think we're still in that rising curve in the late early adopters phase, because you're still. I need Stephen. You're probably experiencing this because you're in the game. You're still having people pop their head up like, should I sell masks? Like, every right? Day. <laughs> every day. I'm thinking about that. There's going to be people like you know the people that are still using the the rotary flip phones. You know, they're going to be like. In two months, they're like, I'm thinking about selling masks, you know? So it's like that curve's going really fast, but I think we're still on the rise. We're just probably right. like... Ryan, do you think like now that, like in, in my experience, like we were getting hit up from LA and we were bringing in inventory and now the Chinese manufacturers, the Pakistani manufacturers are all hitting us up saying seven days, we'll get you whatever we want, half the cost. Do you think that's going to like, you know, devalue what the American side is doing and... and kind of level things out a little bit and not make it so lucrative for everyone or well it might get more lucrative i mean because okay. i mean right now like we were always just trying to at least make a dollar a mask and i don't know if we're there yet a lot of people are doing the donations which is good we're donating one one out of every you know 10 that we sell and and honestly i didn't even calculate it at the beginning but it's another 40 50 cents a mask that we're you know now our cost is that much higher i do think that the pricing will go down on the, the unfortunate thing is that there's just a lot of bad masks out there. I mean, I've sampled probably 50 different masks, and everyone's coming out with just 
not great stuff. Those that choose to make a better mask or, or take a little bit more design and sell it for a little bit more, it's it's like the t-shirt. Like they, for forever, there sure. was just horrible t-shirts out there. And then finally, American Apparel came around and then Bella Canvas and Next Level and you have now, now the premium t-shirt market is like growing way faster than the crappy t-shirt market. But it's the same thing with the mask market. Like there's all the big players are just making a crappy mask. I mean, they're making a cheap dollar, put a t-shirt over your face and elastic over your ears and it's huge, you know, mask. Here's one that like, I mean, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Like, what yeah, went into like that? Size fits all. What went into the design of, the, of that mask? Because yours is definitely more um, tailored kind of towards your face. It's more fitted. It goes around the, the bottom of the chin and around the nose. I mean, how did you come up with the, the design and the thought process of all that? We did. I mean, Los Angeles, this is Los Angeles Apparel Design. We're doing a slightly, when we go into more production in our other factories, we're doing, we've made some different improvements to that. Mm-hmm. But this is, uh, they started making a fitted mask. And then one of their sewers was like, we got to tuck the chin more. So they put the pleat in the bottom so it tucks around your chin. And then we've made some modifications to make this the style much more printable, slightly larger to fit more different faces, and um, a couple different spec changes on the elastic so that it's stronger and lasts longer. American Apparel's always kind of been the forefront you know, of designing better quality stuff at a decent price made in America. And they did the same thing with the mask. Interesting. Awesome. And the wire that's in there. It's the only mask that I've gotten so far with a wire. Um, and that just like fits nicely around your nose so your glasses don't fog up. I was talking to Carson about it. And I was like, when's Supreme going to now drop a mask? Right. So we're going to see all these cheap ones, but like they're kind of like sunglasses now. If, it, if it's going to be an accessory, I'm sure we're actually going to start to see even nicer and nicer and nicer ones because it's something you're putting on your face and wearing all the time. So Yeah. I mean, it's the most, this is the most intimate piece of clothing that we have. I mean, I, I was going to launch an ad yesterday or the email title is like, because we, we're doing organic cotton because we're like out of fabric, um, trying to figure out how to make t-shirts into masks. Yeah. Where do you find the so, fabric from? How does that all work? I mean, if you're running out or, or you know, is it just a wait time? For no, I mean, a lot of people are doing turning T-shirts into masks. And we're, we have about three. One of our factories is looking at this. This mask right here is um, came from a T-shirt. So one of our factories is looking at turning. We have about four pallets of seconds that we typically buy and we use them for classes or donating them mm-hmm. um, or just print practicing. And so we're looking at turning all those into it. Um, and then we're, we're having organic cotton. Um, this fabric right here is a made in like comes from the USA. So I just ordered a bunch of this. This is like this will look exactly like our tri blend. So it's a 50 50, but it's 50% recycled um, and then 50% organic. Whereas this is 50% recycled and then 50% um, 25% modal and then 25% organic. So the modal makes it a little softer than this, but. Uh, this is still going to be eco and it's going to look the same. Whereas if you're going with a straight cotton, organic cotton, it's going to be a straight dye. You're not going to get that heathered look. You can't get that heathered look, which a lot of people like the heathered, you know, kind of look. But it is hard. I mean, we've gotten all the sustainable fabric that we can find because like, that's one of our parameters um, is to, to be sustainable. So we're making more of it um, and then trying to figure out how to 
to churn some of the, the t-shirt stuff because everything's shut down. All the mills are shut down. All the big factories are shut down. Central America's shut down, just, just opening back up. Haiti's shut down, just starting to think about opening back up. So like basically it has been USA manufacturing for this, um, for the last month and a half. So Ryan, if shops like want to get into it and, and, you know, like some of my, like Justin Lawrence was, you know, saying like, you know, tread lightly, be careful because we don't want to get, you know, I've never bought inventory before I was a screen printer. I get an order, I buy the shirts, I print them. And for the first time ever, I'm like buying inventory, sitting on it, waiting a little bit. What should shops be like careful about? Like, you know, cause shops are going to watch this and they want to get into it. So like, what would you, what would you tell them is the best course of action? Um, so that, you know, they don't lose money on it, but that they're smart about it. Well, I would not pre-sell inventory. Uh, I think that burned us. That's burned a lot of our printers um, that couldn't get inventory that they pre-sold from us that we pre-sold. <laughs> We're now luck, very fortunate to be in a spot where we have inventory, but still, you don't know. I mean, I literally could have somebody come in here today and, and buy 100,000 pieces and wipe us out. And you've pre-sold inventory that you don't have. I would spend a little bit more money on faster shipping and get them in your hands. Uh, FedEx has a really cool service for like we're shipping FedEx flat rate boxes for ground, like ordering smaller amounts. Um, they get to the pretty much anywhere in the U.S. in two to three days for like fifteen or bucks or something like that. So, and but for bigger orders, you have to spend a little bit more than that, um, and then get them in hands before you sell them, or at least make sure you have tracking on them before you sell it. Whenever you're buying inventory, you should never have more on the table than you can afford to lose. If you're gambling, you don't mortgage your house to go gamble. You know, that's when you know you have a problem. So, <laughs> you know, we got maybe another one to two weeks, like you were saying, uh, before this market is really flooded with additional, you know, product. And then it's going to be like, we're, we're just looking at it as a, how do we make, how do we continue to make our mass a differentiator from a, environmentally friendly really best longest lasting best fit you know more more comfort with the story with the all-made brand you talked about you had to go to the airport today what, what was that about are you picking up more from them or dude this air cargo thing i uh so i started flying to la to work with factories but also to bring masks back because we uh -huh. needed to get them out immediately how many and times in a week did you go what was i went four times in two weeks okay pretty good and it was awesome flying was no one was there. I was on a 737 with six people. Alaska stopped flying the big planes. They they uh, started only flying the small jets. Um, and like the last time I took off, I saw like literally 27 737s just grounded, you know, all sitting at Portland Airport. LAX, like literally no one in security. No one's flying. It's insane. Everyone's super nice. They're grateful that you're flying. One of our founders, Mike Kahn from Synergy in Columbus, Ohio, one of our all made founders, he's told me about air freight for like two years. I've never paid attention to him. And he's like, you have to check this out. And then he, like when he saw I was flying out, he's like, I can get you air freight. I'm like, well, that's kind of a pain in the ass. You have to take him to the airport. Like I'm, I'd rather just fly there and I have to do other stuff down there anyway. Finally, I was like coming to the point where my wife's like, do you really have to go again? Like I might have to go. And she's like, can you look into other options? So I'm like, I call Mike up I'm like, can you help me out with this air freight thing? And I couldn't believe it. I think that first shipment we did 16 boxes. He's like, that'll be $286. I was like, huh? Like. $296 wow. and I get it the same day Friday we had zero mass zero and so the factory's like we're gonna work all weekend I'm like well I don't want these masks to get stolen so let's figure out how to get them up here 
So we started taking them, had them take them to the airport after they were done every night, and then they would ship the next morning. So I think Sunday we picked up uh, 12,000 masks. Monday we picked up the Sunday shipment. We picked up another 10,000. As of like today, we'll have almost 100,000 masks in stock in six days. Holy and they've cow! All been, they've all been flying air freight. Wait, so how does the air freight work? So they just fill up the plane or the cargo? Like, is it on a passenger plane or? Seventy-five percent of the weight on a plane is air air freight, air cargo. Oh, on a um, normal flight. On a normal flight, yeah. So a lot of people will fly uh, fresh food. That's how a lot of fresh food moves. Critical uh, parts, you know, medical, um, Amazon. I saw tons of trucks, Amazon trucks in the air freight terminal. Like, uh, that's how they move a lot of stuff. To ship a, a box of masks, it's costing us about 19 bucks to 20 bucks a box air freight from LA and overnight shipping costs somewhere between 50 and $75. And, that's unbelievable. Um, and ground shipping costs seventeen fifty, eighteen, and we have incredible rates. I mean, what does the prices normally look like for a cargo? I have no idea. It's I think just it's good right now. That. I think it's more than that, but I, I do think Mike's told me that it's always been cheaper than expediting. It's he's like, it's it's literally almost comparable to paying a little bit more than ground, but your box get like when you ship it ground i mean these guys it goes through a meat grinder you know <laughs> and luckily yeah. most of this industry ships t-shirts and t-shirts are pretty like they don't get damaged that easily but we don't ship t-shirts at our company we ship like expensive printers and dgg machines and exposure units with glass and like literally these boxes have to get like dropped from six feet and survive like the ups meat grinder and uh like on this air cargo, they like they like pick it up and they take it over there and they set it down and then it goes up this little conveyor dryer, like conveyor belt onto the plane. It's like barely handled. They come in like pristine. It's insane. And what you go pick it up in the back of like like to the plane or what? I don't know. I think the planes some of the planes taxi over behind the air the freight terminal. Like I see a bunch of planes lined up behind there. Or they like haul it in one of the trailers over. All the airports have them. It's typically on the back or the side of the airport. It's typically by where FedEx, UPS. I mean, you're flying your domestic terminal. You always see the other FedEx and UPS and DHL. It's typically over around by then. So really what Bruce is thinking about is the last 20 trade shows. <laughs> bags that you made me check. Yeah. Like I remember when we were just first starting out with you, Ryan, we would show up with like rented tables Suitcases. and chairs. Yeah, Southwest. Yeah, we would check like oh man we look like fools i mean i had no idea i honestly i didn't know anything about shipping i mean we built software so it's like i mean the little shipping we did the usps guy would come pick it up like okay cool didn't really know about having a good ups account or i mean it's just like you learning about the air cargo right it's like and then yeah we would bring suitcases on the planes and then just pay for luggage wait for everything and then we're like you know we could just ship these and then we started shipping them and then now this sounds like next level stuff here. <laughs> Although there's no trade well, shows, the, so. The craziest thing that's happened in this entire thing was my birthday, April 15th, my birthday. And then I was like, all I want for my birthday is some masks. Like we, just <laughs> point, like we hadn't gotten masks for like three days. And like I have one customer that is literally calling me freaking out. Like, like you're gonna shut my business down. I have to get 400 masks to Notre Dame tomorrow or they are 
going to sue us. I mean, I don't know what they said, but they're like, the world will end. And this is out of my control. We don't make, I don't sew the mask personally. We don't sew them here. So, but I like asked my, the fact, I'm like, please, please, please get like some masks. It's my birthday. Like I sent the videos like my birthday, please give me masks. And then, and then at nine o'clock at night, they're like, we have 400 masks done for you. I'm like, thank God. So I had one of our rock techs, Jerry Barra in LA, drive down to the factory at 11 o'clock at night. He picks it up, goes to the airport at 4.30 in the morning, pretend like he's gonna get on a plane to Chicago, just checks a bag, never gets on the plane. And then the customer picks it up the next day at Wow. Oh wait, allegedly, this is allegedly this happened. Allegedly. <laughs> no. This seriously happened. And then the customer just picks it up from the air cargo and he's got the mask and he gives them to Notre Dame and yeah, the world is saved. That's incredible. What is like the next month looking like? Like is the supply chain catching up where the big companies are starting, like the three M's of the world or stuff are starting to be able to pump in or you think it's just more of a brand play now where you create your niche and you do, you, this is just a part of the catalog. It, you know, it's a new product. I think it's part of the catalog, um, probably from here on out, it, it, kind of like a hat. It could have as much play as a hat does. All the big players will be in it. Most of the big players, the big, big players, the mid-sized players will start to bring inventory to market in the next two weeks. A lot of stuff coming in from overseas, but the big players will have stuff in about a month still. It'll be like the t-shirt market. You'll be able to buy a mask for a buck or buy a mask for five bucks. It's just the same as t-shirts. And you're probably gonna get what you pay for out of both. You're running like a, a, a large company and then you're also doing this. Talk about like probably under a decent amount of you know pressure to make sure that your company is doing well and everything like that and there's a future there. But at the same time you're doing this from like a leadership standpoint, what's important to you every day when you're waking up? Like you've got employees, you're trying to sling masks, like talk to us a little about that. You're trying to be a dad, you're like, you got a lot of stuff, a lot, lot, lot more than Bruce and I have going on. So talk to us about that. The best thing that you can do is like, it's put, uh, I was in a one of my leadership like meetings yesterday is put your air mask on first and then help your neighbor. So make sure that you're mentally clear and positive and, and motivated and you're not in a, in a bad mindset uh, so that you're charging forward and setting a good example. Our, our team has really been awesome. I mean, we had to unfortunately lay off 25% of our team off when this hit immediately. We had it like, we our revenue went from like, went down 80% like in a day. And so we made some cuts. Wow. We were gonna we were gonna have to furlough about 50% of the time the rest of the team. Mm -hmm. So 50% of the team, we were going to do half time and then 25% we had to do layoff and then 25% um, we kept on at a salary reduction. Fortunately, we were starting to bring people back and we have not had to do any part time. Everyone's been busy enough um, with PPE and then the Rana team's been done awesome with uh, fulfilling new presses that are lower price point platins for mass education you know, just different things we've been lucky like i think you kind of create your own destiny by deciding what you're going to do are you going to are you going to lay down and roll over and be like the government says you're not essential or are you going to figure out how to be essential and then figure out how you're essential to your customers as well and helping them be essential i'm just very grateful 
I think being grateful because like even like myself I'm like on this roller coaster like some days it's like oh you're like down at the bottom you're like god oh like not having a good day and then some days you're like really so how do you get back up on top and being grateful like I was so like fr- like frustrated that we didn't people were so upset that like they didn't understand this whole mask issue and then I had to remind myself like they just don't understand so I was still like making sure that I was being grateful to like yeah you would love a hundred thousand masks thank you so much for that opportunity they like I would love to give you a hundred thousand masks but there's no physical possible way in the world that that could happen right now you know but you know thank you like really appreciate you like reaching out and so I think being grateful and then um I've been exercising a lot we've been having scrum meetings like I don't know if you guys if you run scrum Bruce but uh, mm-hmm. we, every every project's a scrum now like so we have like throughout the company there's probably 10 scrums that happen every day and I think that's been really helpful virtually to be able to have those teams check in get motivated um, get communicated with but but daily down to like the shops level like it's an opportunity for shops to also like re-energize pivot find new things that they didn't know existed like we saw the huge bloat with merch like doing really well but um, you know I think like what you kind of said Ryan earlier is like the landscape of things is going to change and we don't know how long that's going to be for but there's so many talents that our industry has I think it's just so important for shop owners to like I think the someone said it like the same fire you had when you were trying to keep your doors open when you first started like needs to be the same invigorating power that like you have now and that might be to reinvent but I think the one thing that I've, I've really taken away from what you've done Ryan is through tough times you've like you're creating new relationships as well. You know, this is where, you know, shops can do nice things for their customers and that's where they're gonna remember them like the most, right? When this is all over, you were there for me, you sent me a thank you card, you checked it, you know what I mean? And so I think there's so much that we see that you're doing and that needs to, you know, we need to do that as an industry as well and, and everyone's doing it, um, but I think that's, that's awesome. Thank you. I'm, I'm super grateful to be in the position to actually have something to, to do. We've been uh, very fortunate and we have awesome, amazing customers and partners. And um, so thank you for talking about it and giving giving it some visibility. But 100% agree. You have been doing awesome as well. And Bruce, you as like, well, like totally changing your platforms, keeping a really positive attitude, not paying attention to the negative BS and uh, doing building new you know websites to enable other people to, to do things that wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily be able to do on their own it's it's freaking great it's awesome heck yeah we're pumped thank you for joining us ryan this story has been incredible um it's gonna be awesome keep putting out those uh igtv episodes those are kind of fun to watch i will definitely try to do that thank you for- <laughs> i noticed the, the, vi- the frequency but I, the content's hard yeah. it's hard to like keep do you edit up. those are, are those all your own so I've edited probably about 80%. And then um, my brother-in-law, Justin, um, Justin Koo is a very like talented videographer that has his own kind of podcast. And he's been um, doing, uh, he, he went to LA with me once, but he has a team that he works with in the Philippines that I've had edit three, three of them for me. And huh. uh, they are amazing. Like it, this last one I did, I went to the food bank and I just like, just took video with my phone and then i sent it to him i recorded a video I'm like hey this like this is kind of what i want to see out of this and blah, blah blah and um they're like they send it back and i had three edits and it was awesome like so i think i'm gonna definitely try to 
hone that relationship in because it's I'm not a very good video editor. It is fun though. I mean, it's different. That was your the one that where he went and filmed it professionally. That was your brother-in-law. You said. Yeah. My oh, okay. I was that yeah. was really good. I, I mean, the, the especially the way that he formatted. If you guys haven't seen it, you can follow him at Ryan Moore on Instagram. No e. Um, and I don't know, it was like episode three or four or something, but it was, you had the videographer with you when you went to LA, but anyway, you guys can watch it. They're really neat to just be able to see behind the scenes of, of all this in the factory, outside the factory, back and forth, back and forth. So I had him do one for Alaska airlines, uh, mm -hmm. because I'm a huge fan of Alaska airlines. He did one and then I gave it to their team and then they're going to publish it on their channel, which their channels are huge on Monday. And so. Uh, we'll knock on wood. They said they were going to do it. They, but like you as a person, you can get visibility by giving other people visibility. Don't just make videos for yourself. Make videos for other people, which actually will give you more visibility. I printed ASI a mask in red, and I like held it out and took a picture of it. And they've been posting it everywhere. Like this, Tim Andrews, the CEO, is like, check out what Ryan's doing. I did the same thing for impressions. Like If you have the idea of getting in front of somebody, now is the time to do it because – they're probably sitting there waiting for something cool to show, you know, and uh, there's so much opportunity right now to to get like just amazing visibility. And but you do it through helping other people, not just by doing it for yourself. 100 percent. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing, Ryan. This has been really great. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us for the Pronosis Podcast. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>